Welcome to Season 2 of In Search of Peace and Healing. I'm your host, Celia Boone. Hello, my friend, and welcome. I'm so glad you're listening today. This is my final episode for Season 2 of In Search of Peace and Healing. Never fear, though, because like a bad penny, I will keep showing up. We're going to kick off Season 3 in the fall, so that's not that far away. Meanwhile, my husband Ken and I will take a short break, recharge, get new material, so that when we return, we'll be ready to be of help to more people. At least that is our fondest and deepest hope. So today, I'm going to be talking about prayer. What is prayer? Well, I've read some different definitions, and I'm not going to belabor that here, but the very best definition that I've ever heard is very simple. And the best ideas are always simple. Prayer is when we talk to God or our higher power directly. Now, when I say God in these podcasts, what I mean is I'm talking about the higher power of your understanding. But instead of going down a list of names that people who have different religious practices call God, I'm using God as a catch-all phrase to represent a divine power. And for me, God is a divine power who all good things come from. And that God, my higher power, is native love. Even in the Christian Bible, it says God is love. So the very essence of what my higher power is made of is love. So, and the reason that I do this is um, I don't want to limit my podcast to be helpful to Christians only. I want to be able to help as many people as possible. So please understand that when I'm using God... I'm not spitting in the face of anybody who has a different higher power and calls their higher power by a different name. Okay, so on with prayer. Um, There are four kinds of prayer, and I heard this in a sermon one time, and I thought it was so cool because, once again, it's very simple. And uh, I did a little research, so... This is loosely based on Rabbi Mark Gelman, who used to be half of the God Squad um, years ago, and he has wonderful things to say and tends to break down religious concepts to their very simple core, which really is appreciated by me, a simple person. (laughs) Hopefully not simple-minded. So... These are the four kinds of prayer. Thanks. Help. What? 
and wow. Got that? Thanks, help, whoops, and wow. Now, I'm going to ask a question here, and if this doesn't relate to you, please keep listening because I hope I'm going to get to something that does help you. Have you ever prayed really, really hard for something, someone, or some specific outcome? And no matter how hard you prayed and how much you meant it and how passionate you were in your prayer, you didn't get what you prayed for. Has that ever happened to you? Well, it's happened to me more than once, more than a lot of times. During those times, I was approaching a God that I fully believed not only didn't love me, but didn't like me either. And in fact, was didn't, didn't like me and hated me and didn't have any time or care for me at all. Now, that was a misconception that I had at the time. Fortunately, I have learned and grown past that. But when I was praying those prayers, I'm just letting you know that's where I was coming from. Now, I don't believe that God was punishing me for not believing, but it's the things that I was asking for were things that would either cause harm to other people, <clears throat> you know, like, please have so-and-so die because they're, you know, um, bullying me and I just can't stand them and I don't know what to do, so please just, you know, strike them dead. God didn't answer those prayers, and I'm really glad that he didn't. Because when I was praying them, especially when I, you know, I was a young kid in elementary school, and um, I would have felt so guilty for the rest of my life if I thought that somebody died, and I was responsible for that. I have prayed for money. When what I was filled with wasn't a need for money, I did, wasn't going hungry, I wasn't homeless, but what I had was this great, big, huge, giant fear of financial insecurity in the future. Well, the money never magically appeared, so either I, so then I would be like, okay, plan B. I knew I wasn't going to get it from God, but I usually would, you know, give it a try. Just, you know, the triumph of hope over experience at that time in my life. Because <laughs> I just kept hoping. I felt like he owed me at least $10 million because I had such a terrible childhood and it was so abusive and there was such cruelty done to me that I just felt like God owed me $10 million. Not nine, not eight, because that wouldn't be enough. <laughs> so... Um, you know, what I would do is I would contact someone who was financially better off than I, or that I thought might be, or that would be willing to lend me money. And, um, I'd ask for a loan or I'd rob Peter to pay Paul or else, you know, once or twice, I wasn't able to get a hold of the money, so I did without, and it didn't kill me, and I still am, 
you know, I still was able to live through the day and I didn't go hungry and I didn't get evicted or whatever. Now, when my father was alive, first call was always to daddy because daddy always gave me money. And my plan for financial security for my life was for my daddy never to die. So he could keep giving me money. And that's not the only reason. I love my daddy. Love him dearly. But, you know, part of it was, yeah, I hope he doesn't die because then, you know, he's he's always good for it when I need some money. Fast forward to November of 2004. My first marriage had sustained irreparable damage and my first husband had moved out. So we were separated. I hadn't had a job in like two and a half years. And my estranged husband did not earn enough to support anyone but himself. And he was really mad at me. And he wouldn't give me a freaking dime. You know. And when I robbed Peter to pay Paul, it didn't involve robbing my (laughs) soon-to-be (laughs) ex-husband. I didn't think of it. Um, okay. So at that time when he moved out, I'd only been sober for about six months and I was in terrible, terrible health. Everything hurt. I was so depressed. I had actually gotten into bed two years, two and a half years before and begged God to let me die. Just let me die. I just can't stand the pain mental, emotional, and physical. Just can't stand it. Please just let me die. And I didn't commit suicide because I didn't, I just wanted God to just take me out, you know, best yet while I was asleep or passed out from alcohol. Also at that time, I weighed over 500 pounds. And Uh, The simple concept here is I was too fat to walk, pretty much. Needless to say, I was utterly unemployable. Three of my siblings had generously agreed to help me financially for a short time so that I could get on my feet, but they weren't happy that I was an alcoholic either because that was something that um, they had learned about six and a half or seven months before. And, you know, I, when they found out, I immediately hit their bottom and they helped me to hit my bottom. So I'm grateful that they weren't pleased with me. So, but was I worried? Yeah. Because I didn't know how I was going to get along. You know, I had a certain money, amount of money, and it was several hundred dollars that my siblings were willing to send each month. But, um... That didn't even cover my rent. I had a roommate on the way a couple months later. She was in Arizona and she was going to come back to college. But, you know, I just, I didn't know what I was going to do. So I was talking a lot to my spiritual mentor at that time, calling her, I'm worried, I'm scared, you know. And this is what she suggested that I do. Number one, do not ask God for money. 
He owns the cattle on a thousand hillsides. And if he sees that you're, you know, doing the next right thing the best you can, if you're living in the stream of his goodness and his will best you can, he's going to take care of you. So that's the, the whole concept of this prayer rests on don't ask God for money. So here's what to say in the prayer. Thank God or the divine for everything that you have that's good. Every blessing, you know, if you have a a roof over your head, if you have a bed to sleep on, if you have electricity and it powers a refrigerator, you know, you're, you're good. You can survive just fine. There are a lot of people in the world that don't have that. If you have transportation, that's extra. So the first part of the prayer is thank God for every blessing you have. And if you're not sure they were, make a list of them. The next step in the prayer, step two, ask God to help you be a good steward of divine resources because everything good comes from God. Even if I have the ability to make money, you know, at the point when I was not unemployable, still God gave me a brain and an aptitude for accounting. So God was involved in every single way that I, that resources could come, revenue could come, into my house, bank account, into my hands, whatever. Step three, ask God to remove the sense of financial insecurity. Because I could be broke, I found out, with no problem and still be happy. But the fear was what was paralyzing me. So please remove that fear. And then... And I did that. And over time, I added one more part to the prayer. So step four is ask God to make it okay for me to have what I have and not want more. See, I had a giant wanter inside. And I had to work on that. And one thing I did, as I said, is an affirmation. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want what I don't have. I prayed that prayer a whole bunch of times back then. And we're going to take a break, but you want to stick around because when we come back, I'm going to tell you what happened. You've been listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Boone, who returns this episode in just a moment. We invite you to go to our website, descant-mmg.weebly.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Our podcast can be found on the Spreaker Network. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and most other podcatchers. Welcome back. This is Celia again. And before the break, I was talking about a prayer that I got from my spiritual mentor for when I was having times of 
fear of financial insecurity. When I didn't have regular revenue coming in, I wasn't able to work. And, um, you know, so she told me, don't pray for money and pray this prayer that she gave me. Um, so I started praying the prayer. Prayed it every day, sometimes multiple times in a day. And it was, I don't remember how many days afterwards, but probably seven to ten days later, the windows of heaven opened. I mean, I received an amazing amount of money in a check. It came through an attorney's office. I was not expecting that. I had no idea that I was going to get money. No clue. I, I believed I would never get any money from, you know, a situation that uh, I had sought legal counsel for um, two years before, maybe. And I hadn't heard from him in a long time, and I thought, well, this isn't going anywhere. This, uh. And I got a check, a big check, by far the biggest check I've ever gotten in my life. And um, so here I was. It was the day that I was going to be moving into my new apartment. I had scraped together enough money, and my brother-in-law came down to help me um, well, he and my sister were coming down to help me move and to spend Thanksgiving with me because I was going to move to a different apartment, not stay where I had been living. So, um, the day before I was going to sign the lease and I was just stepping out on faith to do that. And he was going to like front me the money or whatever. And, um, I got a call from this attorney and um, said, we have a check for you, and this is the amount. And I went and got the check. My brother-in-law went with me. We went to a bank and deposited it, and I didn't need my siblings to contribute anymore to my um, upkeep, to pay my rent, buy food, whatever. Just didn't need it. But that wasn't even all. For the next six or seven months, the Lord continued to bless me financially. And I was able to pay off 12000 debt of credit card, from credit cards. You know, because when I was drinking and stuff, it wasn't anything for me to swipe a card. You know, go to the liquor store, swipe a credit card. Um... So there was a lot of credit card debt. I was able to buy myself a laptop because it was, I was in such poor physical condition. I really couldn't sit in a chair with my feet down for more than a few minutes without being in tremendous pain. Somebody gave me this great big huge green chair and ottoman. And so I had a chair with high arms that I could actually get out of by myself. It was comfortable comfortable to sit in. I could have my feet up on the ottoman and the laptop in my lap. So that was a really wonderful blessing 
for me to have a laptop. I needed some new clothes. I hadn't bought new clothes in a long time. And um, I really looked like a end-stage alcoholic in those clothes. So I bought some clothes. And I was able to be self-supporting for the next two and a half years. Um, until I was able to work again. And I learned more about prayer from my spiritual advisor. Don't ask God for selfish things. See, I did that a lot in my younger years. Well, earlier years, let's say, because I wasn't even young still when I was treating God like a Santa. Let me die. It's like I'm ordering death off a shelf in heaven, and you better stick it in the cart, buddy. And deliver right away. And free. Um... So that never worked. And, and really, honestly, I'm glad that a whole bunch of things that I prayed, treated God like a Santa at requesting didn't happen because I didn't know what was good for me. I thought I, 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 you know, what I want is not necessarily good for me. But what she said is feel free to ask for good things for others. If you do pray, and there's something you really need to ask for yourself, ask him to remove your fear. Ask for more faith. Ask for words, intuitive thoughts and words and actions when you just don't know what to do in a situation. Even if you need to ask for something material for yourself, always add these words into your prayer, your request, when you're talking to God, if others will be helped. Dear Lord, my old car is running on its last legs. The transmission's shot, so we never know if we're going to be able to put it in drive and go forward or not when we get in the car. So if others will be helped, please help me get a new car. Bingo! Here's a new car. Priced right. And, you know, at the time, I, um, this was back in 2008, and I dedicated the car to God. And I was like, okay, this is your car. Thank you for, prov for lending it to me. And I'm going to take lots of people to meetings, and I'm going to use it to help others, um, you know, if that is your will for me. And if not, and I can't afford it, well, then the take-back man's going to have to come get it, and I'll be okay. Well, you know what? A few years later, I paid off that car. And a year and a half ago, we were able to trade it in for another car. So, after I was self able to be self-supporting, um, at one point, I found a job at a church. I am a musician. I am a trained minister of music. Um, I've had lots of piano and vocal training and all kinds of stuff. And um, so I found a church job, a church music director job, and um, they started paying me 
and they paid me well. And they called me up a few minutes later and said, we're not paying you enough. And so they upped it another 250 bucks a month. So, um, you know, those, those prayers worked well for me. Another thing that I learned to do, and, and this was somebody shared this with me, was to ask God for a specific sign if I need to make a decision and I don't know what to do, especially with important ones. If you want me to fix my old car instead of buying another one, please send me a purple Porsche within 36 hours. Now, have I ever seen a purple Porsche? Yes, one time. It was back in the 80s, early 1980s. I was working at Emory University Clinic in Atlanta, and somebody that parked in the same parking lot I did had this beautiful, deep purple Porsche. It was a Carrera Turbo, and at that time, that was my favorite Porsche. Now, because I'm an old fart, I like the Cayenne better. (laughs) Will I have one? Ever? Own one? Nah, I don't think so. I mean, I could be surprised, but, you know. What I meant when I asked God to give me a brand new Porsche and do it with, I mean, give, no, excuse me. I didn't mean for God to give me a brand new Porsche. Painted a lovely shade of purple. What I meant was, let me see a purple Porsche. Like in a magazine, on a billboard, on TV, you know, driving by. Just... Show me a purple Porsche. And I, you know, I put a 36-hour time limit on my, you know, the length of time that I was going to be looking for a purple Porsche. And it was 36 hours. So 36 hours came and went, and I didn't see any Porsches, not a single one of any color, any make or model, um, much less a purple one. So what that meant was, okay, this old car isn't worth fixing. God wants me to get a different one or us to get a different one. So I guess maybe a couple days after the 36-hour time limit had passed, Ken and I were leaving the grocery store and there was some traffic on the street And that traffic was a black Porsche Cayenne. So we waited till the black Porsche passed us, and we pulled out behind it, and we had a good laugh. Oh, now there's a Porsche, but it's not purple. But, you know, and the Cayenne, that's just a beautiful vehicle, I think. And I admire them. Okay, so we started... Well, Ken started looking for new cars, and he located a car that was interesting. And, you know, the mileage was in the right place, and the price was okay. And so um, we set out one day to go test drive it. And on the way to the dealership, we stopped at the bank and withdrew funds for the down payment. When we walked out of the bank... Lo and behold, there was a big, shiny, black Porsche Cayenne parked right next to our car. Now, in between the end of the 36 hours and the day that we went to 
put a down payment on and test drive the car that Ken had located for us, we had seen a whole bunch of Porsche Cayennes. They were all black, and we just kept seeing them everywhere we go. We kept, you know, oh my goodness, we're behind a Porsche Cayenne. Oh my gosh, there's a Cayenne right there. And so we were seeing all these black Cayennes everywhere. But when we walked out of the bank, and there was a big black Cayenne parked right next to the passenger door where I was getting in the car, I remarked to Ken, maybe God wants us to buy a black car. Maybe the car that God has for us is black. So we go to the dealership. They had the car that they had advertised that Ken saw. They still had it on the lot. And they had just dropped the price on that car by $2,000. When we were looking at our budget, we were like, okay, we, we can work out the price when it was $2,000 higher. But they had just dropped it. Oh, my goodness. And the car was spotless. And the engine purred like a kitten, and it still does. It was just in fabulous condition. It was... You know, it was crazy. And today, we own that car. Um, we've had it for a year and a half. So, my friends, during this pandemic and economic recession, if you have fear of economic insecurity, may I suggest you pray this prayer. Number one, thank you, God for all your blessings that you've given me. Two, help me to be a good steward of your resources. Because, see, sometimes I want to spend foolish money. And I don't generally do a lot of that. I'm pretty, I'm, well, for somebody who used to be a shopping addict, um, God has really helped me with that. Because I don't, I don't go out and spend money nearly like I used to. Um, so help me be a good steward, God. Number three, please remove this, this fear of financial insecurity, because that sucks, you know. And the last thing is, make it okay for me to have what I have and not want more. Because I have enough. And if I have enough... I'm sitting in a place of gratitude, not fear. And so that is how my husband and I learned, and we have, we've had some lean times. We have absolutely learned to pray that prayer. And sometimes we'd have just a couple dollars left over at the end of the month, but we always had enough. You know, we're caught up on the mortgage, where, you know, we pay our bills, and this is all, you know, a blessing from God. It just is. If you need a sign, ask for one. No matter how outlandish it might be. See, I try to make it, like, hard for God. Because if I would have said, show me a black Porsche, I wouldn't have seen a black Porsche. I didn't see any Porsches for the 36 hours. But I knew that there were black Porsches around town because I've seen them. I hardly ever see another color Porsche. 
So don't worry about how outlandish it is. I have asked for three feathers and gotten them. They weren't real live feathers, but they were three picture picture of three feathers drawn on chapter three on the title page of chapter three of a book, and it started out the fir the first sentence was what I really needed, and it answered my question to God. Um, and I've asked for all kinds of crazy things. And if I don't get it, that's okay. That's not God's will. If I do get it, then I know what God's will is too. And we haven't had to put our black car in the shop. You know, gotten the oil changed, pumped up the tires or whatever. And we'll probably have to get more tires before we get it inspected this fall. But that's just maintenance. So if you ask God for a sign and you don't get your purple Porsche, then God has something else and it's probably better and it's just right for you. So now as we end season two of our podcast, In Search of Peace and Healing, I want you to know that I love you all. And I'm not just saying that. Because I have learned the best way to have love is to give it away. And I give it away as much as I can. And that's a great experiment to try, by the way, if you're feeling unhappy or unloved. I hope that you are doing okay. And if you need some divine help and you don't believe in God, maybe you could borrow mine because that one is working really, really well for me. Thanks again for listening. We will see you again in the fall. And I want to also thank you, thank you, thank you to my beloved husband, Ken. Without him, I could not be doing these podcasts so he's usually a silent partner in the podcast, but I just want you to know what a great, great, great engineer, producer, and all things podcast he is. So um, thanks again. Love you, love you, love you. Goodbye till the fall. You've been listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Boone a production of the Descant Music and Media Group. Providers of music and media production as well as business services for small businesses and nonprofit organizations. We invite you to go to our website, descant-mmg.weebly.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Our podcast can be found on the Spreaker Network. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and most other podcatchers. Thank you.